to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I am back today with another solo episode for you. I know I've had three in a row now, which is uncommon for me, but... I like to do solo episodes when I'm on social media detoxes because I I would rather do that than have a guest on when I'm not on social media because I feel like when a guest comes on the show, I want to be able to share it on social media and, you know, give them shout outs on there right when it comes out, if that makes sense. So I kind of just do that out of respect for my guests as much as I can. So hopefully that makes sense. And also, you know, since I'm not chatting with you guys on social media... This week, since I'm on my social media detox, the week that this comes out, you can hear from me, know what I'm up to, catch up. So hopefully you're not sick of solo episodes yet. After today, I'll be back into some interviews. Although I am curious, I like hearing what type of episodes you guys like, if you like interviews more or when I'm talking about specific subjects or answering random questions. Let me know what you like or if you like a mixture. I like a mixture of everything. You know me. I'm all over the board. (laughs) But today I wanted to answer a bunch of random questions, do a QA and a because, God, that was a month ago. I was just thinking, when did this happen? So a month ago when my friend Liz Anthony was visiting me, we put out a question on social media. Liz was going to interview me. You guys probably heard that episode already. But before we recorded it, I said on Instagram, ask me any question. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits because Liz is going to interview me. And uh, I sent that question out too late. I sent it out very closely to when we recorded. So I had a bunch of questions that didn't even come in until afterwards. And we were looking through them after we recorded. And I was like, those are so, these are so good. So I didn't want to just let all those questions go. So I thought I would just record an episode right now. It's just going to be kind of a fun, laid back, chill episode where I answer some questions about me. And hopefully you find it entertaining. These are all over the board, which is fun. And I know that there are always new people joining the podcast or following me on Instagram. So I think everyone is kind of on different levels of how well they know me. So hopefully this can just help you get to know me more. So I'm just going to hop into it. Cassidy asked, what age did you get into health and wellness? What was your push slash motivation? So if you want my full story, I definitely recommend listening to previous podcast episodes, whether that be podcasts that I've been on, because often when I'm interviewed, people ask for my story. And you can find a list of all 
of the podcasts I've been on, besides my own podcast, all of those interviews on my website on my about page. I have a full list and a lot of those will give a good overview of my history. I know a lot of people listen to the Mind Pump, my episode of Mind Pump, and that's kind of a good overview, but you know, kind of more the first half of the story. And I also talk about it on my podcast episode 63 is my most downloaded episode of all time and it's basically me this was a couple years ago when I was kind of in the middle of things but I really describe in depth what was going on with me and I'm crying and it's just a beautiful mess you could listen to that also my podcast about my history with anxiety and depression give those all give a good overview of what went on, but I will give a, a brief version here. So what age did I get into health and wellness? I was not into health and wellness at all until I hit college, and it was after a lifetime of intense digestive issues and depression and anxiety and acne, and then I fell into binge eating disorder, and I just said, I cannot live like this anymore. I'm going to get healthy And the next day, I started researching health and wellness and uh, started exercising and cleaning up my diet and noticed improvements. And um, that kind of launched me into this journey of trying to figure out my underlying gut health issues, which turned into a series of very serious symptoms and my digestion stopped working. I lost about 50 pounds in just a few months and I thought I was going to die from being such a low weight and I was seeing all these doctors and no one could help me. So I just decided to really research my butt off and figure out for myself what was going on. And that is really what what launched me into all of this is all that research and that passion in terms of trying to heal myself and just over the years it's been fueled by my own health issues and kind of discovering the why behind everything I dealt with. You know, I had all those digestive issues, leaky gut, candida, SIBO, um, parasites, amenorrhea, hypothyroidism, insulin resistance, prediabetes, mold toxicity, heavy metals toxicity, all the things. So over the years, just my own health issues would would get me into uh, researching things and just seeing the power of diet and lifestyle and supplementation got down the rabbit hole. And I just love experimenting. I love researching. I love biohacking. I love all things health and wellness. So the original push was my own health issues. I was um, about 19 when I first started actually looking into all this. And before that, I did not live a healthy life at all. And when I started to see how how big an impact changing my diet and my lifestyle could could make. I was just very interested and it became my lifelong passion and I wanted to help other people. So yeah, about 1920 is when it really, really started. Carolina asked, what was the hardest thing you did in your life generally and specifically health related? We're just, we're going for it, guys. <laughs> we're going for it with the questions. Well, the hardest thing I ever did in my life in general and health-related would be the same thing, I'm going to say, and that was during that time period. It wasn't really one specific thing, but I think it was really just fighting for myself 
during that time when I was really sick in college, you know, I was 20 and scared out of my mind because I was seeing so many, so many different doctors and running so many tests and I had to drop out of college. I think that alone was so hard for me dropping out of school to take care of my health and really just admitting to myself how serious it was. Um, I was so underweight and so scared and even when I was pushing my calories really, really hard, nothing was working. And it's really scary to feel like you're totally out of control. You're totally out of control with your body. You know, we think like, for me, I was in danger because I was at such a low weight and I was very well aware that my organs could start shutting down and I was at risk for a heart attack pretty much any time. Um, and we think like, okay, put on weight, just eat more food. But it's not as simple as that when your digestion is so compromised or you have other health issues going on. So it was very scary for me to be eating, you know, like eight to 10,000 calories a day and not putting on weight and just feeling like there was nothing I could do to get better. And at the same time, you know, dropping out of school, feeling like I don't know why I'm here. I felt like I had, I had just really lost so many people in my life over it. And so many people in my life didn't, didn't believe me. Um, and I was going through a lot emotionally because I was so afraid. Um, and physically I was in so much pain every day and so much discomfort and I had no energy and like, I just remember I could feel, I just felt like I was skin and bones literally. And I felt like I was going to snap and just so much fatigue and my cognition completely, my cognition was just gone. And that was very frightening for me just to feel like, I mean, I felt like I had dementia. I felt like I would say something and just forget it 10 seconds later, or I would be talking to someone and I forgot what they asked me the sentence before. And that was really frightening to me. And having people say such horrible things about me and spreading rumors about me and just kind of shutting me out. Um, a lot of people talked a lot of shit about me. Um, it wouldn't talk to me. And so I felt very isolated. That was really hard for me, um, to be going through all that and feeling like I was so isolated and like no one was listening to me or no one was believing me. And knowing that I had a serious, um, digestive issue and doctors were just trying to send me, to a treatment center for anorexia that really scared me because I knew I didn't I needed a different type of care. Um, so I think just finding the strength through that that was that was you know a six month period where I had to really really learn to stand up for myself and be there for myself even when I felt like other people didn't have my back and a lot of tears, a lot of loneliness, but it made me so strong. And, um, there were definitely plenty of times during that where I didn't know if it was worth it to keep living. And I got very close, um, to ending my life, but I didn't because I had to turn it turned around in my head and I had to just prove to everyone that I was going to get through it and find a lot of inner strength and like realize that I meant to be here for a reason. Just like all of us are meant to be here for a reason. It's just about figuring that out. And, um, 
you know, really just learning to be there for myself, fighting for myself and getting up every day, even when I felt like I had no energy. I was going to go to every doctor's appointment. I was going to research all these obscure things going on with me and get every test and walk into my doctor's appointment with a file folder of case studies and supplements and medications and tests and possibilities. And I was going to keep searching until I figured out what was wrong and I wasn't going to give up. Um, and that was for sure just the hardest thing I had to do. And yeah, like on every level, emotionally, physically, spiritually, I, I meditated a lot during that time. I did yoga every day and I came out of it a very different person. I had a completely different outlook on life after that experience. And I just feel like I really changed. I always say that those times were the dark ages. That's what I (laughs) refer to. But I feel like there's a clear separation in my life from and before that point and after that point. And and I'm just a different person for sure after that. And so that was the the hardest thing I ever went through and hopefully the hardest thing I ever do have to go through. There's so much that went into that time period. And listen to that episode episode 63 if you want kind of more in depth, but even that, like to this day, the other day I was just going through old photos, trying to clean off my phone and computer. And I found a bunch of photos from that. And God, it's just, it's crazy to think about what I was going through during that time. And just like really putting myself back in that mental space and remembering so many, so many things that happened. And I had taken screenshots of different messages people had sent me, some really awful things um, that people were sending to me or saying about me. But even just going out in the world was a confusing space because, you know, living in LA, I I was so unhealthy looking. And like, I uh, had people asking me to model and I had people telling me I looked amazing. And then I also had people literally throwing food at me on the streets um, like yelling things at me on the streets or I'd be at a restaurant and people would order food and send it to my table. And just, just the whole emotional side of that, the physical side, all of it, it was a painful time in every sense of the word. And I grew up a lot. I've always been mature. I would say people always told me I'm very mature, but that made me really grow up and learn to fight for myself and believe that I am, I am always worth it. Even if no one else believes in me, I just have to believe in myself. Um, and it gave me such a a deeper appreciation for life and for good friends and good people. It made me realize that I don't want to waste any time doing things I don't want to do spending time with people who drain me or don't make me feel good. I don't want to waste time doing things that aren't pushing me towards my larger purpose to help other people. Um, And yeah, it just, that was definitely it. So it was a very difficult time, but also in retrospect, I'm just so grateful it happened Um, because I would not I mean, I literally wouldn't be here had I not come through that, but I just, I wouldn't be at this place in my life at all with my career or my relationships. Um, just who I am, I wouldn't 
be without that. So even though at the time it was the hardest thing and I, I couldn't see it at the time, it made me so much stronger and made me a completely different person. So I'm very grateful for it. But that was definitely the hardest thing I've had to do related to my health and, and just in my life. It's really hard when you first take that leap to like really learn to value yourself in that way and to fight for yourself and to just kind of overcome anyone, everyone, anything that you feel like is fighting against you. And during that time, I just felt like it was me against the world. That was like how I felt very much like, you know, I remember feeling that way when I was in middle school and high school, so depressed, like everyone's out to get me, the world's out to get me, you know, but that time really felt like, holy shit, my health is just like, I don't know how long I'm going to last here. And does anyone even care? Does anyone even care? And people did care, but you know, when you're not thinking clearly, um, you just feel out of your mind. That's how you, how you start to think. And so I had to dig down deep and I'm really grateful it happened because now I, I don't know, I see myself very differently and I really don't care what people think. Um, as long as I know I am doing things with my best intentions so yeah, it was a big time of personal growth and that was definitely the hardest thing. The hardest thing I went through, but also I'm the most grateful for it. And that tends to be the theme, you know, the most difficult things we go through make us better people and make us grow and give us so much so much personal awareness. Um but that whole experience just fuels me so much and anytime I feel like I lose sight of why I do what I do or anytime I feel like things aren't going the way I want or anytime I just need to kind of like slap myself with some self-awareness, I take a step back and I think about what I went through in that time and how that felt. Um, I mean, it's just so scary to be 20 and feel like I don't know how, if I don't know if I'm going to live and feel like everyone around you doesn't really care because you go to the doctor and they dismiss you and like, oh, just eat more food. And you're like, I'm eating so much food. I don't know what to do. Like I'm eating 8,000 calories, sometimes 10,000 calories, like every day and nothing's happening. I'm losing weight. And people just tell you you're lying and you just feel hopeless, you know, because you just feel like no one can help me and these are supposed to be experts. So you just have to do it for yourself. And yeah, I don't know. I just take myself back to that place. And um, I know not everybody has the exact same story as me, but a lot of people have similar stories or can relate to some aspect of of my story as a whole, even if it wasn't that that extreme like weight loss during that time or that extreme, um, all those digestive issues, but the anxiety, the depression, the later the amenorrhea, the mold, just like facing something that you you don't know how to fix and you feel like the people that you're turning to who are supposed to be experts aren't really do anything for you that can be really scary and that's why I put out all the information I I do um because during that time I did so much research and I tried so many things on myself and a lot of the advice out there was just so wrong slash detrimental to me and sometimes made me worse. And I think a lot of what held me back from getting better for so long was a lot of this diet dogma, nutrition dogma, and all these things I had read when I first started getting into health and wellness. All these bloggers who 
aren't really that educated and I was just following and I just believed, okay, they're super healthy. Let me listen to them. And it was making me worse um, and making me lose sight of health, like true health. And I just don't want other people to fall into that trap. Um, I don't want anyone to have to go through what I went through. And obviously like I can't stop that. Um, from ever happening to anyone else, but I can do what I can to try and help people who are looking for help and, um, whoever I can reach, I would like to. So yeah, that was the hardest thing I ever went through, but I'm the most grateful for it. Okay. Since we are on this kind of timeline, Anna asked, what were your biggest fears during your first year out of college? Oh, I read that wrong. <laughs> when I first read it, I thought she said, your first year in college? My first year out of college. Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, I probably wasn't really afraid of things that a normal person would be afraid of. Like, I don't know, you guys. After that whole experience that I just described, I'm not afraid of that many things. And my first year out of college, like, I was so excited to get out of college. I was so ready for it. Um, I had a full-time job. I was building my business. I think, I mean, I was really nervous about how I was going to balance everything because I wanted to build this business on my own, but I was also working full-time for Jordan and just balancing my time was scary for me. But, you know, I, I moved, I moved into my apartment, um, I don't know. I was really scared of anything. That sounds really bad. I'm trying to think. I mean, I lived in a sketchy part of LA. So sometimes at night I was like, crap. Living alone by yourself when like, so my old apartment was just like, the door was open to the street. And I was actually very scared very often because I knew there were a lot of, um, I don't know. It just, it wasn't the nicest area. Let's just put it like that. And there are a lot of sketchy people walking around. And I mean, there were a lot of homeless people right by me. And I lived smack dab in the middle of two weed dispensaries. Like two, I was literally 10 feet away from two weed dispensaries on both sides of me. And there was this guy when I first moved in who lived in his van and parked right outside our building. And he was just, I don't know what was wrong with him. He was crazy and really scary. And all the neighbors would call the cops on him every day because he would just scream and like threaten to kill us. And like, it, that was just very not good. Um, this is probably not what you're expecting. Um, that was a little scary. I think like, I I was a little nervous about like taxes and stuff. But I mean, honestly, I still don't even know what the hell I'm doing. My my accountant can handle that. Um, <laughs> being an adult is confusing. Like I just kind of, I, I don't have anything figured out, but I, but I feel like I'm not really the type of person to be scared of it. I just kind of roll forward. I'm like, I'll deal with it when I have to deal with it. And there's no point in me being nervous about it. Um, so yeah. I think that's all I have to say about that. I wasn't too concerned. I didn't I don't really feel like I had a typical college experience or a typical like adulthood 
experience. Um, yeah, I was very ready for the real world. I was really happy with all my friendships and um, my job situation and excited about everything. It was more of just like, how am I going to manage my time? I hope I survive in this sketchy part of LA. I was like in the sketchiest part of Santa Monica. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a more exciting answer. I'm sorry, but yeah, I feel like normal people are scared of other things, but I was just pumped. I was pumped to do my thing. Okay, it's starting to get dark here, so before I move into my next question, I need to put on my other pair of blue blocks, these red ones. Here they are. If you guys have not gotten your blue blocks yet, you really need to because these truly change the game. I'm trying to get them to fit here. They fit under my headphones that I'm recording this with. Um, the blue blocks, blue blockers, are truly the best blue blockers in existence. I used to use another brand that had orange lenses and I did not understand how much that was not giving me the full health benefits. So if you don't know about blue blockers, basically blue light can really disrupt our circadian rhythm. It can disrupt our sleep. It can disrupt our hormones. So the benefits of wearing blue light blocking glasses are far and wide. You have more energy. You get better, deeper sleep, less headaches. Um, you feel calmer, more relaxed during the day. It's better on your eyes. You have less eye strain. It can help with insomnia. It can help just with your overall mood and balance your hormones. All of those things. Light is so powerful and we are just exposed to so much blue light. Now, all day and into the night because we keep lights on and cavemen didn't have blue lights that they turned on to stay awake. They would just go to sleep when the sun went down or they would build a fire, which was red light. So I love my blue blocks because these blue blockers are the only 100% blue and green light blocking glasses that are based on science. These are based on the academic literature and they have the sleep plus red lens, which is what you want to put on a few hours before bed when the sun goes down. And then they have the blue light clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for during the day. That's what I like to use. And this is great for people who have more natural light during the day and they just want to avoid any migraines, headaches, digital eye strain, macular degeneration over time. And then they have a summer glow yellow lens, which is the blue light blocking lens for during the day combined with color therapy. So this is good for people who struggle with seasonal depression as well as who want to reduce the effects of any intense artificial lighting in their work environment, just get rid of any migraines, anxiety, um, poor mood in general. So if you don't know which which glasses to get for the daytime, the blue light or the summer glow, just go to blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and ask customer support and the founders. One of the founders will answer you with which ones to get because I want to make sure you get you get the right lenses. And I just love this brand because they have so many options. They have over 20 different frames to pick from and they're they look good. Like a lot of blue blockers are not cute. Um, there's so many different options, different colors, 
And you can even send in your own pair of frames if you want. And they have a custom-made prescription service available. So just a ton of different options. And these are the best of the best. And I've noticed a huge difference. And I love their social mission. They have a charity partnership with Restoring Vision. So for every pair of blue blocks they sell, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision who will give them to someone in need. So not only are you helping your sleep, your health overall, but you're also helping someone in need. And this is just a game changer for your sleep. If you have an aura ring, this will totally change your aura ring score. And you will notice that during the day, you're more productive. Um, your hunger signals are more in balance. It's just total game changer. So if you want to get a pair of blue blocks, if you haven't already, you definitely need to just go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S will get you 15% off. Let's move on to the next question. Jackie said, where do you see your career going in the future? I am always open to expanding and growing, but where my career is set to go is um, I'm really building out the membership portion of my website because I'm very passionate about this and I basically want it to be somewhere where someone can go and kind of just get everything they need. So I'm building this out and creating a ton of content and I mean... The idea is that people can go there and it's so cheap for what you're getting. It's $9 a month and someone can cancel at any time. And I have so many protocols that, you know, it's like people go to a practitioner and pay 200, 300, 400. I've, you know, seeing a functional medicine doctor sometimes costs $1,000 a month and they'll just give you a protocol. And some of these protocols I'm putting straight on my membership for $9 a month, plus all this other health information. Like, so if you read all of this, the idea is I want you to be able to go there and just learn a lot of what you need to know, kind of to cut through all that bullshit. Like I was talking about at the beginning, a place that is secure, because it just really kills me to see people trying to research stuff themselves on the internet and getting really crappy advice. Like, I don't have a way to ensure everyone else is getting good information and not buying into the bullshit. So I'm just trying to like make this a space where like if you want if you want like my opinions on things and what's worked for me and my clients, it's all in here. Um and I'm building that out to include in the future video calls and courses and just kind of like all encompassing. So you already get so much information between like my ebook and all of the members only posts, which include different protocols and just different health information. But then I'm going to keep adding more and more and just make it a really cool community. So I'm really putting a lot into that. And I see my, my, my career being a lot um, more focused on writing. So I am working on things. I mean, I kind of alluded to this before, but working on a few books, that I'm really excited about, um, that I basically have put everything on hold while I'm focusing on finishing my website relaunch because this was supposed to be done like six months ago and it's not. So there's that. Um, so kind of like writing a lot more, not really going to be seeing many one-on-one people. Any Anything one-on-one is going to be Reiki. Um, and I see myself doing a lot more um, of that side of things, more spiritual um, mindset, that type of work. Um, 
when I'm when I'm talking to people, I mean, I always love the nutrition side, but I kind of feel like it's like here's information. Um, I think people overcomplicate it, and I love that side of things. But I think where people really need the help is with the more spiritual spiritual side. And as I grow in that aspect, and kind of like growing, um, like my mediumship abilities, my clairvoyance, that is really exciting to me, and can just help people in such a different way. So I really love that. But I see myself kind of building something where I I'm stepping out a little bit. And trying to create as much content that can reach a lot more people at once just so that's a better use of my time because I just really want to be able to help as many people as I can. And when I'm just doing the more individualized work I do, the less people I can help, which is, I mean, it goes back to even the little things like with messages. Like I just so much prefer when people ask me questions in a public space so that when I answer it, someone else who might have the same question can hear the answer too. Things like that. But it's the same thing with like information because that's what I kept thinking like, okay, I'm seeing client after client giving the same protocol or suggestion over and over again. I'd rather put this in like somewhere where I can put it out once and way more people can be helped. Um, and then I can go from there. So that's kind of where I am heading and I, I kind of want to build things out and just make a bigger brand. Um, and my business also, I don't think people realize how big my, like how much my beauty counter business is such an important part of my business. So like with that, I'm reaching a real crossroads where I'm focusing so much more on mentoring and I'm realizing like, this is what I love so much is helping people with business. Um, and motivating them and inspiring them and pushing them and really like learning to manage a team is really a good experience for me. And, um, you know, building a beauty counter business is, is so rewarding and such, such a learning opportunity in terms of confidence, leadership, sales. Um, and like now I'm really focusing on creating so much more for my team and it's, I mean, beauty counter is a big part of um, my business and helping other women launch thriving businesses as well is really important to me. So I love the whole like kind of business coaching aspect side of things and beauty counter is kind of where I get that. I also don't think people realize how many, how many coaches, nutritionists, like their main income often isn't their clients. Like it if you think you're, and I've talked about this before on other podcasts, but if you think that your whole income is going to be of seeing one-on-one clients, like you're just, you're going to, you max out on income. And so you have to make something that's scalable. So for a lot of people who you see on Instagram, who you see, you know, coaching, being a nutritionist or even a trainer, like if they have a beauty counter business for many of them, that's their main income. And then everything else just like is kind of, you know, obviously additional and great, but beauty counter allows a lot of us to have a stable, growing, scalable income which is amazing. So I, I love that company and I, I want to get more involved with it. I would love to be even more involved than I am. Um, especially as I get higher in the company, get more promotions. I like being more involved with headquarters, like what we're doing in Washington. It's just a social mission. I am really passionate about and like making real change and like working to get laws changed. Um, I'm very passionate about that as well. And for a lot of people switching personal care products is, I mean, it's really much easier than for them to, than switching their food, uh, because people 
you know, like the taste or addicted to sugar, blah, blah, blah. But people are going to use shampoo and conditioner and body wash either way. So it's pretty easy just to swap to something safer. Um, and as I see all these health issues on the rise, like it's just very important to me. Um, and just even things like with choice, like we should have the choice to know what's in our products and we, we don't right now. Everything is hidden. Things don't have to be labeled. So I'm just really passionate about that. So I definitely see that side of my business growing a lot as well. Gab about it asked, what is your favorite and least favorite health trend? Hmm, good question. This is always changing. Some of my favorites and least favorites are the same. Like, um, least favorite being like probiotics in everything that there doesn't need to be probiotics in or CBD in everything. No, thank you. Yet, I mean, I love CBD if it's Ned, full spectrum hemp oil, and I love probiotics if it's just Thrive or Megaspore, <laughs> but... There's so much crappy CBD out there and so many awful probiotics um, that I just think it's so dumb when they put it into everything. Um, so I feel like the dumbest health trends are the uh, the probiotics in, in everything, the CBD in everything. And also, I feel like this has kind of died, but there was charcoal in everything for some time. That was just a mess. I'm also really not into the oat milk trend. I think it's really ridiculous. I don't think oat milk is like a healthier alternative. I'd rather have some high quality raw milk. Um, and uh, same with keto. Like I love keto and done well for the right person. But the it as a trend is really annoying because so many people use that as a diet. So many people do it wrong. And I'm just kind of, over it. Like you can't just slap keto on a label and tell me it's healthy or you can't be like, I'm keto and you're just getting like flying Dutchman's from In-N-Out. It's not going to work. If you don't know what a flying Dutchman is from In-N-Out, it's on the secret menu and it's literally two beef patties with cheese in the middle. That's it. Not high quality at all, but yeah, whatever. Trends that I'm into, I feel like, I don't know if this is considered a trend, but I just feel like people are really starting to understand that trauma is connected with so much illness and like the emotional side of healing in general, emotional, spiritual, energetic side. I feel like this is really, really ramping up in the health space. And I love this. I don't really want to call it a trend because I feel like the word trend means it's just here for a second, but I feel like that's a trend in functional medicine now in terms of working on the emotional, spiritual, energetic side of healing, and it's getting people really strong results in terms of chronic health issues. So uh, I love that. I also feel like lymphatic drainage is really, is really trending, and I'm here for it. So I love it. She also asked, what's been inspiring me recently? Good question. I've been feeling very inspired recently because I've been meditating so much more. And the more I get off of the internet, the more I get off of social media, and the more I just think and and communicate with the outside world, the more inspired I get. So I get really inspired by interactions I have with other people, having really 
amazing deep conversations with friends really inspires me or sometimes reading a good book. But I think just, I mean, that's really it. It's getting out into the world, seeing what's going on, learning new things, and meditating more are what what inspires me. I, I just feel like the more I stop paying attention to what other people are doing, the more inspired I feel. And also the more quiet time I have, the more inspired I feel. Ladybug Laura wants to know, do you have any tattoos? If not, would you ever get one? I do not have any tattoos and I would not ever get one. I don't have anything against tattoos. I have a lot of friends with tattoos. I think some tattoos are really cute. Some I don't think are as cute. I just personally wouldn't, honestly, because of the heavy metals risk, which I know is controversial, whatever. It's your own body, you know? And just with my health history, I have no interest in in putting something in my body that could cause anything else to go wrong, even if the chances are slim. So I wouldn't personally, but I think other people look really good with them. So, and I know plenty of people who are perfectly healthy who have them. So I just personally don't want one. Julia Hall wants to know, if I was a Harry Potter character, who would I be and why? I love this question. Such a good question. I am for sure Hermione, like for sure. I feel like my personal growth mirrors hers a lot, but just um, my, well, let's just say my habits regarding school and what type of student I was. I was so Hermione. Everyone would say this. I love studying and reading and books in the library and total nerd and overachieving. And I would definitely be the type to use a time turner to be able to go to two classes at the same time. Also, I'm one to always want to follow the rules, but then if I'm just really, like, in it to win it, I will break some serious rules. I also like to think I'm good at thinking on my feet, I would say. I know that people think I'm intimidating. Um, I think that maybe I, if you want to think I'm intimidating, in the same way that people like Hermione came across as intimidating to people. I think it's confident, but yeah, I also always had bushy brown hair and big buck teeth until I kind of grew into things as I got older. I mean, I still have big front teeth, but they look more normal now that I'm like older and a full, a full human, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I feel like we were both very feisty, but can also be very loving and tender and compassionate. So I just think I'm a Hermione. But I would say in the last year, I've got a, I've got a good, a good dash of Professor Trelawney, if you know what I mean. Jessica Lee asked, what's my Enneagram? Oh my God. What is my Enneagram? I freaking love Enneagram. I went through a phase a couple months ago where I was living, breathing, eating, Enneagram. Like, I was so obsessed with Enneagram, and I haven't really been thinking about it that much recently. I am on to other things. I'm, like, very obsessed with tests and understanding personality types, and 
I think everyone should take tests like Enneagram and human design and love languages and Ayurvedic doshas and for tendencies. I think that it's so helpful to know about yourself. But I'm an Enneagram type three wing four. A three wing four is called the professional. A type three is the achiever, the success-oriented pragmatic type. I very much connect with the characteristics and looking at like the, the traits when you're kind of at your worst versus when you're at your best. I totally relate to that as I've seen like how I've grown personally like um, over the years and when I'm out of alignment, some of my traits or just, you know, when I was younger, how I was just so worried about my image and I was just, I was not my highest self. I mean, I'm still not my highest self, but I'm a lot higher of a self than I I was when I was younger. That's for sure. Um, So yeah, I love Enneagram, but I'm a three wing four. Andy Mant actually asked me, how do you structure your days for optimal success? Great question, but I just want to be clear. Okay. Here's the thing. I feel like I'm a really hard worker and I get a lot done. Um, And I honestly used to be a lot better about productivity. I feel like I'm very productive, but I'm definitely not as productive as I could be. Like, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask this question. I mean, what I do, obviously somehow I get things, everything done, but I probably don't structure my days as optimally as I could just because I'm at this stage in my life right now. And I'm always trying to figure out better ways to be more productive, but I will tell you what I've learned does work for me. Do I always stick to it? No, and then I pay the price. But I do know what happens. If I do this, I have the most productive day I could. Structuring my days for optimal success means when I get up, first of all, I need time for myself, specifically for me. I need to have me time in the morning. Um, And, well, okay, really it all starts the night before. I need to know exactly what I'm doing the next day. Like, I need to have a clear to-do list. I need to time block it out. And... I can't like switch, but I, I, I am not su- successful and productive if I'm like switching between a bunch of tasks and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes and then take a break and then this for 30 minutes. That just doesn't work for me. I need to get in a state of flow. I need to know exactly what I'm doing. If I wake up and I don't know what I'm doing that day yet, then I waste way too much time trying to figure out what I'm doing. And yeah, so I need to get up, already know the plan. And have, like, a slower morning, like, have my warm, my warm water with whatever's in it at the current moment, colostrum, (laughs) take my supplements, meditate, journal, um, exercise, and then, like, get into my day. And when I get into my day, if I want to be successful, I need to close my email and not look at it until later in the day and time block that. So if I don't get to the email, I don't get to it, but emails waste so much time when I need to be doing other things and they distract me. I also need to put my phone away, like out of my room. I cannot see notifications. I'm just the type of person where if I see notification, I have to answer it. It just gives me anxiety to know that I have things to answer to. So in order to prevent that 
from pulling at me. I just have to get rid of all the notifications and move things out of my way. And then I um, need to like be working on one main project, one main project and really focused on it and not switching off. And when I finish that task, then I reward myself with like going on a walk and taking a break in that aspect. I also need to make sure I have a like a lunchtime and a dinner time. I need to block out time. I cannot work while I eat. I cannot digest things and it just like makes me feel like I didn't get a break. Um so that's kind of like the basis of it. Just not being distracted and time blocking in that sense, but I need to make sure I have um my mornings to myself to collect myself and like kind of get some of my my me things out of the way so I can really focus the rest of the day and I'm in such a better headspace if I wake up and I immediately start feeling like I'm responding to everyone else then I just I don't do good work so I just find that and also just in general the more I push off having to respond to people um the better so I will give myself like a short burst of admin time in the morning just to kind of cover like put out any major fires and then I can't look at things until the evening otherwise I get distracted and of course wearing my blue blockers during the day is very important um and switching positions I find also helps me be more successful in the sense of changing environments and like not sitting for too long not standing too long I need to move around because I will just kind of get bored from in one place. Um, and also I keep a notebook by me. So anytime a thought pops in my head of I need to do this, I write it down because I'm the type of person where just thoughts will fly into my head and then I'll, I'll start something and then I won't finish it and I'll start the next thing because I don't want to forget. And then I have like 50 tabs open and 20 tasks going on at once. I'm not really getting anything done. And it's really hard for me to do it, but I really need to focus on one thing at a time where I just get nothing done. So it's always like a daily practice, a daily reminder for me to like do one thing at a time. So what helps me is just any any thought that flies into my head, I write it down so I know, okay, at the end of the day when I finish my task, I can get back to all of this one by one and I won't forget it, but don't start don't start the task while you're still in the middle of the other one. So that really helps me and just like structuring my days like that and then structuring my weeks like ahead of time, having a big idea of what I'm doing each day and having one day for posts, one day for podcasts. Well, it's more than one day for both of those, but just like having specific days dedicated to specific things really helps me out. But if there's something on my to-do list that day that has to get done, like I know it has to be done that day, I need to get it done early on in the day um, because otherwise <laughs> I'm just thinking about it all day long and I can't focus. So sometimes that's a work task, but sometimes for me that's also like a personal task. Like if I know I need to run an errand, it's nice that I work for myself so I can adjust my schedule. But if I like have to run an errand, it has to be done that day. I can't like start working and be like, oh, I'll go this afternoon. I need to do it immediately or I'm thinking about it all day and worried that I'm going to get caught in traffic and X, Y, and Z is going to happen. So yeah, I I always take care of things that I know are going to just weigh on my head and just keep popping up because otherwise it's going to distract me all day long. Something that also has really been helping me because I, I need to physically like – 
feel okay during the day. And I do a lot of computer work and I'm always standing or sitting for long periods of time because I'm working on my computer, um, writing posts or recording podcasts. And also I tend to travel a lot. So sometimes in the car, I'm driving a lot or I'm on flights and something that has really been helping me are my comrade compression socks which might sound weird in terms of pro- productivity, but this has really made a huge difference for me. And I was, I was just telling Liz about this, Liz Anthony, but I mean, I used to think compression socks were, you know, for old people or medical issues, or they were always really ugly. Like I have friends who love compression socks and they are ugly and cost a lot of money. And I was like, no thanks. And then my friend told me about these comrade socks. So I gave them a shot because I was on their website and they have really cute styles. Like they don't look like compression socks. They look like normal socks and they have just plain black socks and white socks and gray socks that you just wouldn't even know are compression socks. But they also have a bunch of really cute designs and they have wide calf socks. So they have a bunch that have stripes that are like in normal colors like they have they have black and gray stripes and they have white and pink stripes and navy and pink stripes and they have some ombre styled socks like pink ombre just so many cute socks that I just wanted first of all just to wear around the house but also I would wear these out and I was also on their Instagram kind of looking at like fashion inspo (laughs) honestly and they look really cute with your clothes I just they look they look like normal socks and I like them. So I got them because I wanted to try them out because I have been dealing with leg swelling a little bit more recently just with so much time standing or sitting. And when I'm doing that for too long, and like I said, I really need to be in that flow state where I'm working on one project for like three to four hours at minimum. So I'm not moving during that time and my legs will swell a lot. And these have made such a huge difference. They really energize your legs and reduce that swelling when you're sitting or standing for a long period of time. They're also great for post-workout to help with your muscle recovery. So there's a bunch of science behind this. I was reading about it on their website and doing some other research. And it really does help with muscle recovery, which is why a lot of people wear their comrade socks to the gym. I don't go to the gym, but I've been wearing them uh, while I work out too. And it's helped so much. And they're great for travel, obviously. This is what why a lot of people use compression socks for travel, just to reduce the swelling so you have a more comfortable flight. And I've definitely noticed that as well. And if you're pregnant, these are really great because I know a lot of pregnant women deal with discomfort and swelling in their legs. But just for work every day and around my workouts, like I'm obsessed with these and I wear them every day. And especially as we're getting into the winter months, I am someone who usually wears tall socks anyways, <laughs> um, under or over my leggings, honestly. And these are really cute. So perfect, perfect reason to keep wearing them. They keep my feet warm too. But I just, I love these. And they use lab tested true graduated compression, which is the kind that's medically proven to help circulate blood from your feet back to your heart and they're so comfortable they have a padded toe and heel cushion and slide free cuffs so they keep the socks up all day and they have something called smart silver antimicrobial technology that prevents any odor causing bacteria so your socks stay fresher for longer i literally love these and highly recommend i have the wide calf socks 
but if you don't have wide calves, you could get the regular ones. And my favorite ones are the um, just the plain black and the plain white. And I love the black and white striped ones. And I love the the pink striped ones and the pink ombre ones. Like those are all the ones I love. And they look really good. And if you, I mean, if you want to kind of see the fashion inspo, go to their Instagram because they have really like cute outfits on the models with the socks. And I'm really excited for winter wearing like wearing leggings. Um, and then you can put your, your high socks on over your leggings and then like wear boots. It looks really cute. And at the gym, I think that wearing like high socks looks really cute so if you're working out um and it just really helps with muscle recovery and yeah my swelling has not been an issue since wearing these every day so I cannot recommend them enough and if you want to try out a pair you can use my code CRW for 20% off so just go to comradesocks.com that's c-o-m R-A-D-S-O-C-K-S dot com and you can use my discount code CRW at checkout for 20% off so again you can get that 20% off your Comrade purchase if you go to ComradeSocks.com and use that code CRW. Someone asked, what three things do I love most about myself? I love my determination, my compassion, and like sensitivity in the sense of like I feel things so deeply for myself and others. And my openness to learning and always trying to grow personally. And I'm going to throw in a fourth. How weird I am. I'm like really weird. I feel like people don't even know how weird I am. But yeah. And then on another note, someone asked if I could share about my weaknesses so that they could relate a bit more. (laughs) I think this question is interesting um yeah I have so many weaknesses I feel like I this very I'm very open about this um but I think that it's like good to know your weaknesses so you can work on them and be aware of them so god where do I even start wow okay weaknesses being a perfectionist is like a double-edged sword and this is something I've always battled with and I think over the years I'm good at you know, being aware of it, but it definitely, um, can paralyze me to the point where, you know, I just like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even start things or don't even do things because I'm just so worried. I want it to be perfect. And I've learned to like recognize it and sit with that and just have this attitude of like, just launch and go. Don't think about it. Just do it. And I can push past it, but there are a lot of things that I just, I just don't do because of that. Um, it like paralyzes me sometimes, just like paralysis by analysis. I'm a total overthinker. I totally overthink so many things, and that really paralyzes me. I think also just my my brain is all over the place, and sometimes it feels like it moves so fast that I. You probably notice this when I talk. I, I don't even notice it. I don't notice it while it's happening. And then sometimes I listen back to myself and then I realize it because my mom does it too. And I how do I describe this? I don't finish my sentences because my brain has moved on to the next thought and I just wish I could just focus on one thing. And I am like this, like what I was saying before, like 
I will just hop in between tasks and in between sentences and in between thoughts. And I just am like, Christina, can you finish anything? Like, I'll start something and I won't finish it. And it's a classic ADHD, which I haven't been diagnosed with, but I, whatever, I <laughs> may have it. Um, and I just wish I could finish a sentence. And I have a tendency to speak before I think, which honestly, sometimes I don't really care. Um, but sometimes I wish I, <laughs> I would. Um, so that's a weakness. What else is a weakness? I'm really good at motivating other people and holding other people accountable, but not myself. And I really wish I could hold myself accountable and push myself. And, um, I, yeah, I wish I, like, here's the thing, me and so many other coaches who a lot of us are type A perfectionists and we get our clients amazing results, but it's like, it's really hard for us to do everything we know we should be doing to take care of ourselves. So sometimes that puts me behind and okay, here's something that I think people don't realize about me. I feel like I do do a lot of things. I do do a lot of things, but I could be doing a lot more things. And I think something that, okay, here's the thing. This is what people don't know about me is I'm really slow. I've always been like this with everything. And it always frustrated me because, so I was always a really good student. I was always at the top of my class and people always just thought everything came so easily to me. Things never came easily to me. Like I would stay up all night studying so hard and doing so much extra work. I always did so much extra work for no reason, but because things don't come easily never came easily to me and to this day like uh it takes me a long time to write posts or edit things like uh, it takes me a lot longer to do things that I than I know it takes other people to do and sometimes I get really frustrated because I know something should only take me one or two hours but it'll take me seven or eight or even two days and I see other people doing the same task so much so much more quickly and I can't get it done like that but I don't know. I've had to just kind of learn to accept that that's the way I am. Getting mad at myself just is making, making it take even longer. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's something that is kind of a weakness. Like I'm just slow at doing things. My life feels very fast paced because I'm going from thing to thing. But at each individual task, it just takes me a lot longer than any other person. Like no matter what it is. Like literally no matter what it is I'm just slow at things like writing posts editing podcasts uh even like dumb things like opening packages or cooking I just feel like it just takes me a long time to do things that other people it doesn't take that long to do my two wins there though have been over the years I've trained myself to be really fast at showering and really fast at getting ready so I'm really proud of myself for those but everything else I'm just I'm really slow like it takes me it takes me a long time to do my work. Um, and also part of that is that I create more work for myself in that because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist and I like add a million things I don't need to add. And that's also because my brain is going so many different directions and I can't focus and all this stuff. But that's just the way I am. Also, I'm answering this question to you guys this is not how I'd answer this in a job interview, so please don't think this is a good job interview answer. Um, what else? I have so many weaknesses. I am not good at small talk, and I really wish I was, 
because it kind of helps you get further in certain networking opportunities, but I just have no tolerance for it and I'm not good at it. Like if I'm put in a situation where I need to small talk with someone who I just don't have anything in common with, I just blink and I'm like, uh, and we just don't say anything because I just go straight into people's life stories and their deepest, darkest secrets and fears and struggles. And I'm just not good at surface level and small talk. And sometimes it can be very awkward, and I think it also limits me in the type of people I can interact with, um, and maybe makes me come across one way when I'm not. Like, if I'm in a situation with a lot of new people, I'm the type to, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm a shy person at all. I just don't have anything to say if someone's talking to me, if someone's talking about something more surface level, usually. So, I will often just be very quiet and kind of observe. I'm very much an observer. And then if the opportunity comes up where I'm interested, then I start talking. But I'm definitely not good with small talk. It's kind of a problem. I really need to learn that skill. And then one more weakness. And I have more. You guys, I'm human. I have so many more. But one more I think would be in relationships like romantic relationships are really hard for me because I think I just have this wall up and I try really hard not to but I just do because I have this like deep-rooted mistrust of people in romantic relationships like it's not hard for me to be vulnerable with anyone really but dating is definitely hard for me just because I I know I have this wall up and I don't know why I can't it's hard for me to, to let it come down because I just, I don't trust anyone. I have, I have major trust issues and uh, I think that stems from a lot of things from when I was younger, um, but I wish I didn't have those trust issues and I wish it was like easier for me to uh, date and kind of like open myself up in that way. I mean, I have dated a lot, but I know that that whole time it's like, I very actively try to not have a wall up. Um, and I wish it was just easier for me because I know a lot of my friends, like, you know, I talk to people and I just feel like I definitely have this block and, and also just because of my lifestyle and how goal oriented I am and like how much I work and how much I'm like not here in one place, um, it kind of just like makes me have a wall up sometimes that I have to work on, on pulling down, if that makes sense. Someone said, if you were the only human left on earth, what would you do? Oh my God. I would try and find another human. Jeez. I mean, I just try and survive at that point. Slash spend my days just, like, enjoy myself. You know, if I was really the only person and I was going to die, I would just want to enjoy every day. I would meditate, lay out in the sun. Do I have books? Am I on an island? Like, you know, what's the context here? Watch Harry Potter. I don't know. That would really be disappointing. That would really be disappointing. Maybe I would read a book on how to try and... No, I don't know. I was going to say clone myself, so I had some company, but I don't think that would work either. If I'm not on a stranded island and I'm in a world with a bunch of science, I would 
search for research on how to create humans, like how to create another human so I could like save the population. <laughs> God, that's depressing. Okay. Um, what annoys me the most? Oh my God. This is a really good question. What annoys me the most is people who complain about things that they could change and they don't change them. Like if you are in a shitty situation, you're complaining and there's nothing you can do, I am here for you. Like let it out, vent it out. I think it's good to feel and admit when you're when you're upset and things suck, like some things suck, right? Let yourself have the moment, have the day, and then whatever. But if there is something you can actively do to leave the situation or change it, and you are not, I cannot feel sorry for someone. And I feel like there are so many people. This is what it is. This is what it is. The victim mentality is the thing that annoys me the most. And I, oh my God, I feel, I know people might get upset with this, but I'm sorry. It is the thing that annoys me the most. So many people are such victims and like things do not happen to us. They happen for us. And so many people have so much more power over their lives than they give themselves credit for and they just want to sulk and complain and they hate their jobs, their boyfriends mean to them, they, you know, are they're bloated. And I'm like, are you actively doing something to change this? Like if you hate your job, get a new one. There are so many opportunities. If you don't like your boyfriend, then leave the relationship. You know, if you hate your living situation, are you looking for a new place to live? Like, do just do something, right? There are so many opportunities. There's so many ways to change your lives, like physically and like manifesting and personal development and like, like the internet. There's so many things. So like doing things to change your situation and better yourself and better situation. Um, th- my biggest, the thing that annoys me most is the victim mentality and people who are always victims and don't ever try and change anything when they could change it. That is what bothers me. There are people who have really difficult circumstances who are out there trying to make it. And it's like, you know, anytime I want to feel sorry for myself, I'm like, okay, I'll feel sorry for myself for 30 seconds and then realize that all of my issues are so silly compared to a lot of other people's issues or like what I could be dealing with that I'm so blessed and almost every issue I have there is something I could do to work to try and fix it you know so that's what I need to focus on um yeah the victim mentality I feel like it's just a millennial thing too uh no it's not even just a millennial thing it's I know a lot of people my parents age who are just victims. And I, I just can't even listen to it. It's my big, you can probably tell it's my biggest annoyance or people who like, I see this on Instagram all the time, which is probably why I can't be on Instagram. So many, this is like a trend actually that I hate in health and wellness, all these influencers who I feel like grow their following and like their whole thing is around, it's being a victim. I'm so sick. I have this struggle. It's like, oh my God, like, can you use this to empower people rather than just like Uh, be a victim to everything and so many of them this is a whole other rant like what they're not doing anything to make themselves feel better they're doing things to continue to make themselves sick because they like the attention and i hate it i'm sorry i get really worked up i can feel the heat building on my body it's intense okay i have two more on this list that i'm gonna get through everything else i think 
actually three because the other ones I answered on the on the podcast with Liz. So someone asked for dating updates and thoughts on sex while dating people. <laughs> Juicy question. Um, so dating updates. I'm not okay. <laughs> I dated a lot. So when I moved to San Diego, I started dating a lot, and I dated a lot of different people, and you know, some people longer than others. Um, so I feel like I just I had a year of a lot of experience. And right now, I'm not dating anyone. I was dating someone uh, like a month ago, and I just—he was very nice. But I started going through some personal things where I just, I was like, I, I don't have time for anyone else right now. <laughs> um, I really need to focus on myself and um, my health and my business. And I just didn't have time. I didn't, I don't have time to like answer my text messages. Like, uh, I don't have time to date, like traveling a lot. Just didn't have time. So I haven't really been dating anyone as of late. Um, but I feel like I'll probably pick it back up in the next month or so. I think I just kind of hit this point where I just don't want to date for fun. I mean, you know, I'll date for fun. Like dating should be fun. How do I wear this? I just don't really want to date someone who's not serious and not like emotionally mature and isn't kind of ready to be an adult. A lot of guys think they're ready for relationships and they're not. Uh, I mean, a lot of girls do too. But... I just really need to date someone who's very, very mature, who balances me out, puts me in my place, but is very mature, like emotionally mature, and kind of has his life together, and yeah, I just kind of don't want to waste time anymore, you know, like before I was like, oh, I'll go out on Friday, Saturday, whatever, date for fun, and like, I don't really just want to like date to date anymore, so I feel like I'm very emotionally ready for a serious relationship, but I'm also at this point where I'm focusing so much on my business and myself, and I need someone who can allow me to be independent and isn't intimidated by everything I do and where it doesn't feel like it's uh, a chore or difficult to fit into each other's lives, which I think I've struggled with before. What do I think about sex while dating? Uh, I think this is so personal for people, and I think it like just depends on the situation. Like you know, you might date one person and be ready to have sex with them earlier on than the next person. I think it just really depends on the relationship itself and if you feel like it's developed enough yet for that. But personally, I think sex is an important part of a relationship. Um, I don't believe in waiting until marriage for sex, which actually, this is a good question. I said you guys can ask anything, and someone asked me how old I was when I lost my virginity. Um, I was 18. Was I 18? Yes, I was 18. I was, I wanted to be 18. <laughs> I wanted to be 18 and I wanted it to mean something and I got what I wanted. So I lost it when I was 18, my senior year of high school. Not a secret. I'm sure everyone who knows me knows that. So 
Anyways, sex while dating people, I think just really depends on the person. It's like, if you feel very comfortable with them, you know, then maybe it's the right time. If you don't, like, if there's any hesitation or resistance with them as a person, absolutely not. Um, I think you just have to build a level of trust with someone, but it's like, if you think that you could date them for a, a extended period of time, I don't know. It just depends on the person, I guess. But I do think sex is an important part of dating because if you don't have sexual chemistry, like I have, okay, I'm going to be honest. I have dated people who I really liked and then later discovered there was not sexual chemistry and just, it wasn't going to work, you know? And that's why I think there's definitely an issue with, I just don't believe in waiting until marriage and I don't believe in not moving in together before marriage because these are important things to know about someone. Like if you can't live together, how is your relationship going to last? If you do not have sexual chemistry, like that's an important part of a long-term relationship. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just think like for me, I would need to make sure that things are good in that area. You know what I mean? I'm not the type of person who would ever meet someone in the first night have sex with them. Definitely not. Like, I need to know someone and trust them and, like, know they're not a serial killer and actually really like them because, like, sex should mean something in my opinion. Like, um, but I'm also not the person who would wait, like, a long-ass time to have sex because I... I know pretty early on, like, if I like someone or not, like, with dating, but also, um, friendships, like, just in general, acquaintances, I'm like, I like your energy or I don't, so, yeah, I don't understand when people are in relationships for, like, six months, they've never had sex, that seems odd to me, seems odd to me, but that's also, I did not feel that way when I was younger, like, definitely not when I was in high school and even like early on in college um I probably waited longer than as an adult I would here's the thing about sex too is it's a responsibility it's a responsibility so people who just have sex and doesn't mean anything like what would you do you know if you you have to understand that when you have sex you could get pregnant so if that person isn't someone who I mean I guess if you're just okay with getting a, an abortion, um, that's your decision. I'm just going off on a tangent now. And this isn't about like being pro or against abortion here. But I'm just saying you would have to make that decision potentially. Like if it's someone who you feel like you couldn't discuss this with, then you're probably not – you probably shouldn't have sex with them. You know, like people need to be realistic. Like that is – it's a responsibility. It's part of being an adult. Um, so, Yeah. I'm not about random person sex at all. That is sketchy. That is very sketchy. But I also think it's a not a good sign if people wait too long. Like, do you not want to? What's going on? Are you hiding something? So, there's the happy medium, and it just depends on the relationship. I hope that answers your question. Okay, the last question. Gabby said, I would love to know how you find meaningful friendships. You have a great group. Thank you, Gabby. That is very sweet of you. I appreciate that. I think I have a great group as well. I feel very, very blessed. You know, for so long, I just felt like I was never really going to have a group of friends that really had my back or supported me. I felt like all girls were out to get me. 
Um, and I was just always going to be a lone wolf. And I do like being a lone wolf, but I have so many incredible friends. Like, I feel so blessed. I don't even know how I'm so lucky to have these people in my in my life. But I really believe that I have found those people because I am authentically myself. As soon as I just started showing up in this world as my true and genuine self and sharing that with other people, I started attracting in that type of energy. Um, and just showing literally what they say, like show people the real you and you'll find your real friends. That's what it is. And because I'm the type of person, this kind of goes back to the small talk thing. I just go straight in to people's like inner demons and life struggles and deeper histories and fears and successes. And I think I just really like to talk to people about kind of the important things and the deeper things. And so my relationships are a lot deeper straight off the bat. And, you know, if you if you talk to someone and you meet them for one hour and you're talking about your life story and your greatest struggles and your greatest triumphs, like you feel connected to them. So I just feel like all of my friendships are really are really rooted on a strong foundation. And part of that is because I put myself out there so much and I share so much of my story and my thoughts and my opinions and I'm just being my authentic self. And so people see the real me and the people who are really attracted to that and vibe with that are able to find me because I'm just out there, I'm sharing. And when you're vulnerable with people, they feel comfortable being vulnerable with you. And I think that's why so many people feel comfortable being vulnerable with me because I'm very ready and open to being vulnerable with other people. It's how you get people to trust you. It's this level of trust, right? Like, I will be vulnerable with you. Here I am. I'm laying out all my cards on the table and you come to me. And I think because so many of my friendships, we I meet a lot of people through the internet or through work and we all are kind of in this space because we have a deeper story and there's something that brought us here and getting into that why. So straight off the bat, we're connecting over like we both struggled with disordered eating and we struggled with, you know, um, severe health issues or really deep loss or grief or these different things. And we connect on a deeper level that creates strong relationships. Like a lot of people I know are just unhappy in their friendships. And then I ask them, what do you have in common? And what they have in common is that they go to work together. They go to school together. They grew up together. They've just always been friends. They live nearby each other, their family. And I'm like, are they like the same movies? And I'm like, what do you have? Like, what core values do you have? You know, have you, do you talk about anything deep and intense? That's what creates strong relationships. And the internet has been so amazing for me to find these people who are like-minded. But the key here is you can't keep the relationship on the internet. Like, move it to real life uh, to get to understand if it is a real friendship or not, because there are a lot of relationships that I've made that are the realest, deepest, truest relationships that I we initially met on the internet. But there are also a lot of people who, you know, I thought we were internet friends, then I meet them in real life, and I'm like, this is fake BS. So testing that and making sure that's true, but finding people who are who are like minded on a deeper level and have the same values as you and really just showing up as your authentic self and putting yourself out there, trying new things, finding people who like the same things as you. Like if you are going out with your friends every weekend to the club and going to IHOP for breakfast and just being in places 
where you wouldn't be if you got to pick. Like, if you are not that kind of person, if you love to go to the club and you love to go to IHOP, then yeah, go there. But if you don't, if you don't like that and you're just going there because your friends are going there, you're not going to meet people who actually like the things you like. So, like, go to yoga class. You know, go on on social media, comment on people's pictures that you like the people that you like and then maybe like connect with someone else who's also commenting people who are active in the space go to I don't know do like pottery painting dancing the gym a meditation class um, a lot of health and wellness influencers or doctors nutritionists throw events like I throw events here in San Diego go to events like that to meet other people who are like you and share something about yourself that's personal and really make the effort because people are going to give what they get and you have to put yourself out there and offer and like give something of yourself to receive. And so, you know, if you meet someone, follow up. It was great to meet you. I would love to meet up for coffee sometime. Like put yourself out there and extend the invitation, extend the olive branch and get involved with things that other like-minded individuals would want to be involved with. Like for me, that's my job, you know, and beauty counter. I meet so many people through beauty counter and the people on the team have become really good friends or my, my program, my paleo woman lifestyle program. Like I know so many of the girls in that have become really good friends or a lot of the girls who have gone to my retreats, they become lifelong friends. Like put yourself in situations where other like-minded individuals would be and open up because that's what makes you close to people. Um, and people are attracted to to true, raw, authentic energy. And that's how I found some freaking amazing friends. I'm very blessed. All right, so that's going to wrap up the Q&A. Those were such good questions. Thank you so much for sending them in. If you enjoyed this type of podcast, please let me know. Please comment on my Instagram post or... Um, post in the podcast Facebook group. That's a great place to meet friends too. Go in there and be like, hey, do you live in my city? Let's hang out. That's a great way to make friends. Anyways, tell me what you thought of this episode. And if you have more questions that you would like me to answer in a Q&A, remember, nothing's off limits. Please send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com or you can use the submission form on my website, christinaricewellness.com slash wellness-realness. And thanks for tuning in. If you liked this and you haven't already, please leave a rating interview on iTunes. It really helps me spread the word about the show. And of course, share on social media if you enjoyed. And if you have any comments, post about it in the Facebook group. That's it for today's episode. I'll be back with you on Monday with a killer interview. And have an awesome rest of your day. Bye.